One, two, three, yes, wrestling. Charlotte Flair shut the mouths of all the internet porn-watching Morlocks. I have moles. Yes, the subterranean mammal. And Seth Rollins was like, yeah, psych. And he just hit the sledgehammer onto the toolbox, onto the chair, onto the ladder with Bray Wyatt's head safely underneath. They want us to be cheering Seth Rollins after he attacked a mentally handicapped man. So let's move on to Monday Night Raw, sponsored by Brazzers. Yeah. Uh, nothing like helping out my friends with gold dust and, well, you know, the women in underwear. Welcome, all you Yesenites out there, to One Two Three Yes Wrestling, the only wrestling podcast that's going to bring some love to professional wrestling. I'm Chris, and this week I have Ed here for our 2020 Royal Rumble reaction. How we doing, Ed? Man, I am hyped up. Like this, uh, it was a busy weekend. Um, you know, I I wish we would have got a chance to talk a little bit about our predictions, but. As hyped as I am about this show, I figured we can, you know, talk about our predictions, our reactions. I'm I'm on cloud nine right now. I've got nothing but positivity flowing through my veins after this Royal Rumble. Ed has the love. Yeah, Royal Rumble is my favorite. I mean, I know I think it's everybody's, but Royal Rumble is just a good time. It kind of starts out of the drought that we just came out of over the winter. We now hit Royal Rumble. We're on the road to WrestleMania. It just is a good. It's the best time of year for a wrestling fan because, you know, once we get post-mania, then it's always awkward. And then it heats up for SummerSlam, and then we're done until the Rumble again. So it's been a long time time coming, but we are back on the road to WrestleMania. 2020 Royal Rumble in the book, just overall, without spoilers, without going into anything yet, Ed. How'd you feel about the show? You know what I feel? The thing, the best feeling I I could could say is uh, I'll be real, like I haven't given professional wrestling as much of my time lately as I probably could have. Um, I've been keeping track of things, but, uh, you know, I've been kind of hit or miss with some of the shows. So Survivor Series broke us. I'm pretty sure Survivor Series broke us. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. But, you know, going, going into, uh, this, this show, I was excited with the build of of a lot of the matches. I, uh, I, I always like going into the rumble, not knowing who is going to come out on top, but having, you know, kind of like uh, who I want to come out on top. Um, and, but, you know, unfortunately, I feel the last few Royal Rumbles, I, I would go in so excited. And there's been some times where I've been very disappointed over the last couple of years. And it was nice because I kind of went into this just saying, you know, I'm going to just enjoy the show. No matter what it gives me, I'm going to enjoy the show. That couldn't have been the best. That That was the best attitude I could have taken because this show gave me everything I wanted and more because I think I took a step back. Just enjoyed yeah. it. Just watched it as a fan. Had some drinks, ate some wings, mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed the Royal Rumble. Well, let's jump into it. Let's get this going because it is going to just get later on us. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, they opened the show. I didn't watch the pre-show. I was out shopping for bathroom vanities and whatnot. Apparently, I'm going to rip up two bathrooms. So, oh, you and fun. me both. Yeah. So I literally was at the home decor store today. Getting yeah. ideas for my bathroom, so nice. We'll we'll have to trade ideas and see what Ladies we have. Ladies and gentlemen, this is life post your your twenties and you're into your thirties and you're settling it's all in. About this is wicked, exciting. 
This is just, what you, you know, stay tuned for the next episode of one, two, three. Yes. Remodeling. <laughs> All right. So they opened the show. So I didn't see the pre-show. I don't know if there were any matches on it. I know it was two hours long. I honestly can't tell you. And I haven't even had the thought until right now to even look to see what happened. So did you catch any pre-show? Yes. Or? So they did have the Andrade uh, Umberto uh, U.S. title match. On the pre-show, which I was a little surprised at, but uh, it was a good match. Uh, you know, uh, these two guys just know how to wrestle. I think they uh, have the right idea of putting them two together and kind of, uh, you know, build this feud. I hope they go all the way to Mania with it, um, you know, because it could be a sleeper, you know, just great technical match that I think both guys would like to steal the show in. So uh, that's what we got. Uh, Andrade did come out on top. Uh, but it was a very, very good match. Uh, as far as the other uh, pre-show parts, I missed it because, uh, you know, I was dealing uh, with, uh, you know, going over to Corey's and his dog and me are like really good friends. So mm-hmm. his dog was uh, jumping all over me. And then I was helping Jake uh, play the Royal Rumble with his action figures. So, you know, being my uncle self. So, you know, it was a good time. Yeah. You know, so I was kind of occupied. So I was kind of looking up and looking down. But. I did catch yeah. that part of the pre-show. So. And and to know how big of a wrestling fan, which I'm sure you guys already know this, but Corey is, his dog's name is Cena. Yes. You know, so that's just, you know, I think that was I think that was his son that named him that. But still, that's, that's a big wrestling family they got going on. Absolutely. Um, but they opened the show proper. 701 is what I heard him say on the pre-show with Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Yes. So they went everywhere, at least within. Well, here, I'm going to rewind just one second. What did you feel about the arena? Because it when they different. kind of... It was when, different. When it I mean, opened, I felt like last year, because they were in a baseball stadium last year, and I felt like you could tell that more last year than you could mm-hmm. this year. I feel like this the arena setup, was, it reminded me a lot of how... They decorated the garden for their like last mania appearance where it was just a very subtle entrance, you know, where yeah. it really, since you kind of came out among the crowd, there wasn't a big stage setup. Yeah. You know, I'm all about a good stage setup. So, you know, they're definitely, I think they're, you know, didn't have that, but it did feel big. Like the arena itself on the wide shots, it's like, yeah, you're in a, you're in a big, you know, baseball slash, I think it's a football arena too. So I'm not sure on that, but. It's a big, it's a big place. I just, you know, it's it's kind of like last year they were in Arizona at uh, where the Diamondbacks play, and they have like a pool in the outfield that they've neglected to use. This one has those big, like iconic windows with the train that goes around the border of the whole stadium. So yeah, it was at Houston. So the yeah. Texans don't play at this arena, do no. they? Okay, no. Okay, so it's this just, just the Astros. Astros. Yeah. Well, it was a massive arena. Oh, it's I a mean, massive. I've been there. I've seen the Cubs play there. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous uh, you know, stadium. And that's mm-hmm. why I was kind of just really excited to see what the setup was going to look like. And for the most part, I couldn't tell they were there. I mean, yeah, of course, in this match, the Romans reigns first Baron Corbin. You got to tell, especially once they're going to the dugout and doing some Is of that. Is it an outdoor arena? Stadium? No, it's domed, but okay. it, might, I, it might retract. Okay. It, no, I, I, I think... I, I think it was a good idea to have the Royal Rumble in a larger venue because mm-hmm. it just shows just how important it really is. And this particular show felt very special and 
Uh, you know, we'll get into, you know, why as we talk about the show, but uh, some very crucial moments. And it was good to see those moments play out in a large stadium full of people. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as I said before, first match, Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And like I said, they fought everywhere, went through tables, did their thing through the crowds and they ended up on top of the dugout doing their fighting and doing everything which i thought was unique and how they did that um king corbin got a lot of offense and i know i was sending you guys messages basically saying i'm pretty sure king corbin's gonna pick up this win and you know reigns will get the big win later but corbin will get the rub now and that's not what happened uh roman reigns speared him on top of the dugout and got the pin on top of the houston astros dugout one, two, three, and that was Roman Reigns vanquished King Corbin. So is this feud finally over? Um, I think it is probably over. Um, it, it was a, I think it was a good blow off match. I think Corbin is doing everything is doing everything right. I think this year is going to be big for him based on where things are starting. I don't know if it's you know not going to play out so much at Mania, but I think you're going to start to see the top heel aspect of him become evident going into mania and maybe even next year. Um, you know, early prediction for me is he may win Royal Rumble next year um, for sure. Um, but the thing about it is, you know, overall what I love about this whole feud, uh, you know, now that I can analyze it going all the way back is it successfully got people cheering for Roman Reigns for the most part. And Corbin remained very much a, a real heel. Like he hasn't suffered yet of people starting to cheer him, which is really special. So yeah, yeah he took not many L. people, not many yeah. people can hold that. And by this point right. still be getting booed to the levels that he's getting booed. Yeah. He took the L, but I really enjoyed the dugout fighting. I thought that was, you know, you know how often you're going to see two wrestlers fighting on top of a dugout. And ironically enough, there was a whole bunch of Astros world series stuff still on the, uh, Mantle, which it's a little ironic with all the, the things going on now with that. So yeah, the controversy. Hey, yeah, fun moment for sure. But yeah, it was it was a good way to open the show. A lot of energy. Um, I I don't those types of matches where they go wandering around and just throw stuff around aren't my favorite. Um, but it was a good way to kick off the show with that match. I think the show really only went up from there for the yeah. most part, as opposed to one other dip here in the middle, which we'll get to in a second. Sure. But I think it was a solid opener. Reigns got the win. He got the cheer. And we were, were left knowing that they were both heading for the Rumble. And what was going to happen later on in the night? Yes. Uh, the second match was the Women's Rumble. Should I say who won straight up or should we go through it first? I mean, if you maybe you got some highlights. I mean, we can talk about who won. But maybe if there were a couple things that you, you I, liked or I had, annoyed with, you know. You know what? The women's rumble match, I had a lot of fun with. I had, I really enjoyed what they did, how they played it out. I, there were a lot, there was a lot more, as we'll talk about by the time we get to the end of this. There was a lot more that I either enjoyed or happened in this one compared to the men's rumble. Cause even like looking at my notes, I have stuff written everywhere of things that people said, stuff that happened, records, you know, just all kinds of stuff that was happening in this women's rumble match where the men's it's just like well this is what it was they had their basic singular story that went through the whole thing and where the women's they were the ones that had the surprise entrances they were the ones that had a lot of nxt they had 11 nxt stars out of the 30 people 
They had four legends that came back. If you want to include Santina Morella, yeah, that's right, Santina Morella. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, but they had a lot going on in this one, and I really enjoyed the, the women's rumble match outside of the end. But um, I, I think what I'm going to do because I have everything written down here, I think I'm going to go through who came out and then kind of one of those you know disassociative things. What's the first thing that pops to your head? Okay. <laughs> or That's something fine. that happened? Because, yeah. you know, not all of these are going to stick. And some of them, I mean, there was actually someone in here I've never seen before. So that was a very okay. unique thing. But they opened the, the Rumble match with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. Belair. Sorry, I don't know why I said that like that. They were the first two. And Bianca Belair was really the stud that they were really pushing on this she got to make it thing she ended up staying in this match for 33 minutes and 20 seconds and eliminated eight people i believe yeah she sets a record for the women's rumble of eight eliminations did bianca belair it's cool man i <laughs> you know that, that i was um i was happy she would you know i guess we're still getting used to nxt being a third brand even though it clearly is you when you finally see them putting big chunks of the roster in these matches now um it's it's cool it's and i was really happy that she did so well number number one but she dominated and said yeah like you said set this record uh she had she has a great presence about her i like her character Uh, i know she's good on the mic she's great in the ring she actually has a similar background to charlotte as far as a gymnast background and just a very top level athlete so nothing but uh, love for that decision to put her in and have her go deep because it just makes her look good on NXT and in the future for her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming in number three was Mighty Molly, which is always nice to see good old Molly Holly come back, and she looked good. Uh, yeah. Number four, what you got? Well, I was going to just make a quick point that I told Corey, and I think it's worth mentioning here, just by mentioning Molly. I wouldn't be surprised if you see more of the. Women that were kind of in this past generation of, you know, we'll call it the diva generation that were amazing wrestlers, but just kind of caught up in the in the garbage of bra and panties matches and all this other, you know, stuff that really didn't showcase the wrestling of it. I think mm-hmm. you may see a lot of them try to break back in now, knowing that there's so many talented women. And let's face it, you know, if you if you feel like you can go at forty or fifty. I mean, there's guys doing it, obviously, so why can't the girls do it, too? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, we'll we'll get into Beth Phoenix here in a few minutes, wow, uh, yeah. what she did tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki Cross came out at number four. Uh, Lana was number five, and she came out with the microphone doing oh. her thing. And it cracked me up because uh, Corey Graves said, Lana's doing this for love, Cole, and that made me laugh. She also had a big uh, mistake on the mic, though, and forgot <laughs> yeah. one of the W's in WWE. But regardless, she got a lot of heat. And I, I looked over at Corey when we were watching, and I said, bro, if she can just get good in this ring, she's going to be a monster heel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know what she's got in the ring. Like she, she, did, she doesn't embarrass herself, but she's good for these little types of matches. But an actual match and trying to build, I don't, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what she can ultimately do. Uh, number six was Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez, 
who just got signed to NXT. And I think they said she was like 41. So the fact that NXT and WWE is signing women and just people at that age, bringing that in, you know, five, 10 years ago, they would never hire a 41 year old woman. And the fact that they did, and I, I liked her in both uh, May Young Classic tournaments. So it'd be nice to see what they do with her. I've always enjoyed her and I thought she had a good showing. Um, Liv Morgan came out. I didn't know that what that music was, and it was terrible music. And then I still don't understand the point of Liv Morgan and what she's doing. But her and Lana eliminated each other. I don't. I still don't know what what relationship Liv Morgan and Lana had. Where, like, I don't know what Lana did to turn on. Like, I'm still confused by Liv Morgan's entrance well, into that whole storyline. We can just say right now, unfortunately, that storyline is going to continue. Um, because uh, later on in the night we'll find out, but we might as well cover it now because the whole thing just makes me upset. Uh, they did say that Rusev and Bobby Lashley would not be in the Royal Rumble because they got into an altercation before the match, and they were not both either either of them cleared to compete. So was that on the pre-show, or they that just was say not that on the pre-show? They, they said that said right it. before the Rumble match started. Yeah, I heard him and say. I it, was but... I was just so mad because I want this thing to end. They've literally squeezed all the juice out of this apple. It's done. Like, like, and it, at this point, it just frustrates me because you're hurting four probably pretty good talents, like in Liv Morgan, uh, Lana, Bobby Lashley, and Rusev. Like, what are we doing here? This is months now. Months. Yeah. Uh, number eight was Mandy Rose and before the rumble Mandy Rose I think it was on the pre-show or somewhere in there Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were cutting a promo and Sonya Deville said I will never eliminate you Mandy I will never eliminate you I'll eliminate myself if it comes down to it between me and you and then there was this spot in the thing where all of a sudden Mandy Rose just went over the top rope and disappeared and I was like huh that's weird. She got eliminated before Sonya Deville even came out. That seemed like a weird loose end that they were setting themselves up. And then they turned the camera and Mandy landed on Otis, who was just there on the ground. And she was not eliminated because of Otis. And that was hilarious. And that yes. was almost that was almost the highlight of this women's rumble oh, yeah. was Otis uh, oh, saving yeah. Mandy repeatedly when she was trying to get eliminated. So I, yep. I enjoyed that a lot. I did as well. Otis is money. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, number nine was Candice LeRae. Number 10 was Sonya Deville. Number 11 was Kyrie Zane, which I enjoyed her entrance with her umbrella and her big goofy grin. She's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing but love for the Kabuki Warriors in multiple mm -hmm. ways. Uh, number 12 is Mia Yim. Number 13 was Dana Brooke. Number four, nobody's meaner than Tamina. Yes, making her return back. and missing. She was missing super kicks, and it, it was, uh, was it excited. Was, he perked up. You know, <laughs> Tamina, and you know, it was surprising. Well, I guess it's not a hundred percent surprising, but I really thought we would see Nia Jackson this Rumble. Me, me as well. And, and, I mean, I understand double ACL surgery isn't yeah. the easiest thing to come back from, especially right. with you know the the size that she has on her and stuff. So I understand no no rush if she's not healthy. But I really thought you know, but Tamina was was there, and I think she's coming back from something too. So right. um, after Tamina, number fifteen was Dakota Kai, uh, getting some NXT love. Number sixteen was Chelsea Green. Number seventeen, Charlotte Flair. 
And Charlotte Flair, notable for um, when she came in, because it was either Cole or Corey Graves, somebody all of a sudden was like, Charlotte Flair, the queen's coming out. It was 1992, and Ric Flair went the distance. And I really thought he was talking about the conception of Charlotte. Like, I just... (laughs) I was like, what is he talking about? And I just... I thought, like... I thought Graves was going into this whole, like, conception story of Ric Flair going the distance, and that's why Charlotte Flair's here. And that kind of cracked me up. Right there, not a screen capture. That's a voice grab of our preview of uh, all of our shows, is that you thought that... Corey Graves was talking about the conception of Charlotte Flair. Yeah, yeah. It's 1992, and Ric Flair went the distance and out popped the queen. <laughs> uh, there it <laughs> is. <laughs> number 18 was Naomi, the return of Naomi. Um, bright and colorful, and I loved all the hair that she had bouncing around. Man, she came out swinging, man. She really did, and... um when she came out, I'm I'm losing I'm gonna lose it now because it was there. But there was a there was like three or four women in the ring. It was like her, Charlotte, and a couple NXT people. I think Bianca Belair. And I was like, man, give me this triple threat, and I'm right. I mean, give them some time, and that would be a hell of a match. Uh, number nineteen was Beth Phoenix, the legend who actually ran the gamut and made it into the final four of this Rumble. Man, but Beth Phoenix. Had a heck of a head injury. Yeah, where did that come from? All of a I sudden- don't know where it came from. I, I kind of thought the only thing I could think of it seemed it was enough blood that it made me seem like a like a like a cut like a deep cut. And yeah. I didn't knew she, I know she does wear that metallic band on her forehead. And I told Corey when we were noticing how much blood was there, I'm like it, it was kind of up on her head and not on her forehead. So we yeah. wondered if maybe it cut into her head, maybe I, you know. But I didn't yeah. see any bad hit, you know. No, she had to. She got a gash. It must have been on the back of her head because her. By the end of this match, she was basically she went from blonde to redhead. She had the Ric Flair thing going. Yeah, it's completely yeah. Ric Flair mode. Yeah, by the end of this match, she was she just had like blonde tips and everything else was red. It was kind of crazy. It should have uh, but, been Charlotte if she wanted to be like her old man. She would have had the crimson mask. But I digress. Yeah, what are you going to do? But Beth Phoenix, you know, always has a good showing. Yeah. Uh, number 20 was Tony Storm, which I still have the hardest time caring about. I do <laughs> still I still need to finish Worlds Collide and catch out her and Rhea Ripley's match and see what happens. But Tony Storm is there. Uh, 21 was Kelly Kelly, the return of Kelly Kelly. Uh, number 22 was Sarah Logan that I saw come in, and I never saw her go out, so I don't really know what happened to Sarah Logan. Uh, number 23 was Natalia. Number 24 was Zaya Lee. Number 25 was Zelina Vega. Oh, yes. <laughs> number, do uh, you have more to say on Zelina Vega? Oh, I, have, I could say a lot about Zelina Vega. <laughs> can write a sonnet using only grunts for Zelina Vega. Uh, number 26 was Shotzi Blackheart, who I had no idea who that was. And... Not a clue, but she has green hair, so that's cool. Yeah, and she lives a punk rock lifestyle, apparently. Good enough. Uh, number 27 was Carmella, um, which I find so funny because Kelly Kelly falls under that Divas division, and you don't really, I don't, I can't tell you a single Kelly Kelly match. Like, I can't, I can't look back in my brain and go, oh, yeah, Kelly Kelly had that match that did this, that, and the other. But Kelly Kelly came in the ring at this Royal Rumble, and what did she do? She did like that, she jumped and did that 
airplane head scissor thing where she was screaming and did the head scissors thing and then flipped someone and it and it was there and then Carmella came in the ring and literally did the exact same thing so it's, I'm just like man it's her move. She I took know. it from Kelly Kelly so it's just so funny that she came in and did the and I mean you know and if she did take it from Kelly Kelly then maybe she yeah she's probably right now like I got to do that and Kelly Kelly and she was all excited about it but to me it just came in and I'm just like man it's Carmella, this generation's Kelly Kelly, and I'll I never so. remember a match. We could probably make that assumption. Uh, number 28 was Tegan Knox coming in. Number 29, Santina Morella coming in. Yeah, that was kind of a weird spot. And she looked at Beth Phoenix, who looked real mad, and the commentators did a terrible job of reminding me much of that, of their back history. And then Natalia and then Santina pulled out the Cobra and was going to Cobra one of the girls and then Cobra'd herself, himself, and eliminated himself. So that was kind of a waste, but it was at the end. Then number 30, Shayna Baszler coming out with that just music that gets stuck in my head. Uh, very nice at number 30 was what I wrote in my notes. I remember saying out loud, there's your winner right there. And Shayna Baszler proceeded to come in and eliminate seven people. She cleaned house, made it to the final four. It was uh, Shayna Baszler, Beth Phoenix, Charlotte Flair, and Natalia was your final four for the 2020 Women's Rumble match. Uh, Shayna looked good, moved good, did everything, but got eliminated. And Charlotte Flair has won the women's Royal Rumble match. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't uh, as good of a moment as last year with Becky, um, but I knew Charlotte had to win, and it better it happened now than, than at a more annoying time in her career. Um, you know, I, I almost think, looking back, like it's hard to argue that she maybe should have been the first one to win the, Royal, the women's Royal Rumble based on her career. But here we are, she won. Uh, she's going to WrestleMania. You know, it, as a match, it was good. I think a couple things to take away. We had no Ronda Rousey, which was mm-hmm. a big, you know, thing people thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Shayna Baszler was going to be my sleeper pick, too. And, uh, hey, she did a great job. Um, I would only say the only thing that I, I, I did not like at all, which, I don't know, maybe it just is me thinking too much into it and not just enjoying it. I thought the Santina thing was... Um, a bit ridiculous considering how far we've come as a division. Um, that was a spot that could have been for, you know, someone that probably deserved it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Again, you got to have the comedy thing, but I just think that was a little in bad taste in my opinion. So, Yeah, and the other, uh, I think I spaced out and I'm not going to be able to remember who else was missing. Oh, and my pick, Sasha Banks, was yeah. in wasn't in that and i thought she was i thought it was because she was going to pop up in the next match but she didn't so she just was mia on this card and i thought that was weird i didn't know i really thought i really thought sasha was going to win and then they were going to set up a sasha bailey feud for mania and i mean i thought that was where they were headed and um that did not happen so now we got charlotte and why i was going with shayna because i mean it's it's written out in the stars for shayna Assuming that Becky is was going to beat Asuka at this pay-per-view, it seemed like setting up Shayna and Becky for Mania would have been thing. But now, who does Charlotte... So what do we get now? As of right now, it's either going to be Charlotte versus Becky. Spoilers, Becky won. But 
Charlotte versus Becky or Charlotte versus Bailey. I don't want to see either one of those matches. <laughs> I don't know. I almost think that they may try to put together a rematch of last year somehow um, with, you know, Ronda maybe coming out as soon as tomorrow, you know, to trying to go back after Becky and then Charlotte, you know, comes in and I, I could see them actually trying to do that. I could um, see, see that, but I mean, does that nobody wanted that match last year? Why would, you know, no know. one's going to want it this I, year because they, I don't know. I just feel like that's a logical thing to happen, but I, I wouldn't say Sasha's out of the woods yet because she has been a focal point with, you know, being around Bailey. So, Maybe they try to recreate some of that WrestleMania magic with, uh, you know, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. I don't know. And have Becky do something with either Rousey. I personally would love to see Rousey and Becky give us the match that we were supposed to get at Mania last year. And yeah. have Charlotte focus on Bailey, Sasha, whatever the hell is going on over on SmackDown. Um, is, that's what I, I want to see. I could not remember for the life of me. Is Charlotte on SmackDown? Charlotte is on SmackDown. Okay, I, yeah, I haven't really seen her because, like I said, SmackDown is so low on my priority on Fridays, and this moving to Fox, I just I have the hardest time watching that show. And I yeah. was like, it has been a while since I've seen Charlotte, so that would make sense. She was on SmackDown, so I I that's what I hope happens, but I wouldn't not be surprised if they try to somehow get Charlotte and Becky, or even try to sell us on Charlotte and Becky one on one, even though I don't I've seen it I've seen it multiple times and many over many years it's it's basically if you can remember when john cena and randy orton fought way too much yeah. to the point where it was like they kept on going back to it because they had nothing left in yeah. the cookie jar that's what it's starting to feel like yeah i i agree and that was that was my big thing was like i said you give Shayna the win you let her and becky go at it at mania you got a story you got something fresh you got something there charlotte at this point I mean, especially when you look at who the champs are and then you look at Charlotte, it's like, I don't want to see her fight any of what, you know, I, so-called horse. It would be cool. Like if Charlotte came out tomorrow and challenged Rhea Ripley for the NXT title, that would be, that would be something fresh. That, like I'd be cool with that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want to do something like that? That's, Hey, I'm down with that. That would be that. But I just, I don't know the way that they've pumped up NXT and with this women's Royal Rumble match kind of being a question mark anyway going in, it just seemed like they could have done – this would have been a year where they could have given it to an NXT or given it to somebody that you wouldn't really have expected yeah, I, I, and I told, really done something with it. I told Corey while we were watching, I'm like, man, you know, it, one of these days NXT is going to have to come out on top of one of these things now. Now that you've said it's a third brand, like, and I almost thought like this was the year that could have happened – but I, you know, I just think that, that that's going to be the next big thing is when is an NXT star going to win the Rumble? So yeah, absolutely. But overall, it was it was a fun time. I enjoyed sure. pretty much everything that they did. Just like I said, the ending kind of went off like wah wah. Yeah. Um, then perfectly placed after the the Rumble match was the SmackDown Women's Championship: Bailey versus Lacey Evans. That had a fine match. There was yeah. nothing wrong with it. It did what it needed to do, which was kind of cool everybody down yeah um, it sure ultimately <laughs> it, that's just the spot that they were in and whether or not they needed to or not but it was a fine match i didn't have any problems with it but bailey retained her championship against Lacey evans Lacey as a face is good I, I like that they're talking about all the good stuff she's done with being a marine and you know what she does i mean her story is actually really pretty cool uh you know being a working mom and i guess she runs a farm and like mm -hmm. she does a lot 
and it's yeah. like kind of incredible to see that she pulls off the schedule of her WWE superstar. But um, that's the that's definitely a better uh, character for her, and I hope that they kind of keep building her over the next year because that seems like to be the right path for her. Yeah, that's how you make her. I mean, potentially be the next Becky to be the next. Right. I mean, be what they want Charlotte to be, you know, and those things where if you start with her right, you can turn her into something because she's talented. Yes. Um, then then we started the heat up, you know, and this show never really slowed down. But we had Daniel Bryan challenging the fiend Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship in a strap match. Um, I loved this match. I love that match. I thought they just Daniel Bryan's just the best at what he does. Like he can just make magic out of matches. And um, that was just a solid match. Notably as, as which I didn't mention it until I think you sent that text saying there's no red light. We had no red light and I didn't really notice it until you said it. Yeah. And Corey mentioned, well, that would be a lot harder to do in a big arena. I said, no, I, I really think like this is them finally saying, no, let's play off that. Cause even Bray Wyatt has gone on record saying he's not a fan. And ironically enough, Kane chimed in to this recently. And I guess, uh, they tried to do the same thing to his character early on. Uh, mm-hmm. it's something about, you know, these demonic characters that I guess they feel they are red lights and, and uh, a cool thing to do. It's not, it's the wrestlers don't like it. It's distracting even for a live audience. Yeah. Um, I've seen it and it, it just, it made everything feel so much better. Bray wrestled better. Daniel Bryan did a great job. Uh, you know, I can forgive them for ignoring the rules of a strap match. There were, you know, those pins allowed. That's okay. This was a good, this was exactly what Bray Wyatt needed to going into mania as now the top, you know, un, unstoppable force of SmackDown, you know, going in. So, well, uh, and- they just it was it was the best Bray Wyatt match I've seen in a long time. Yes. And I enjoyed the fact that he sold. He sold yes. until he didn't need to sell. Right. You know what I mean? And then it, when he decided to no, start no selling the kicks and the strap beats and he won the match. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He turned it on, he hulked up and he won the match. There's a reason Hulk Hogan did that for 40 years, you know, and still would do it today if doctors would let him. You know, it's just, it works, you know, and it works as a heel and it works as a face. But to be able to come in and, you know, watch him take a beating and watch him do that. And then when he decided to no sell, you're like, oh, crap, it's over, you know, but you felt something as opposed to all the stuff with Seth Rollins. You never felt any of that. It was just he just sold nothing, you know, and you're just it was a bit much. And this match was just solid. And, you know, I don't think anybody really thought Daniel Bryan was going to win, but it was a good showing and it was what Bray, Bray Wyatt needed. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a good match. Um, then, uh, the raw women's championship was defended. Becky Lynch defeated Oscar. The one person who, after the 2019 Royal rumble last year, tapped out Becky Lynch and Becky has never been able to beat until tonight, a year later. So it was kind of a long-term storytelling, which we've talked about in previous episodes that we think they accidentally just decided to go back to, but it was good that they did. They just had a great story. Even watching that video package before the show, it was just like, man, I love Oscar, man. Just the way that they cut that promo together and the way that she just does stuff. And even all the Japanese speaking, still, she makes that work. Well, they did two things with this match. You know, Becky got her win. It was a hard fought match. You know, kind of, you know, I really liked Becky's mannerisms at the end where she was kind of like nodding to Asuka, like, yeah, I, I, I got my shine back, like, you know, and um, 
you may argue to go fight that, Charlotte. Yeah, you, you <laughs> might you may argue that that kind of is not the Becky character we want to see. We want to see the man fully confident, but in that moment, it was kind of like, okay, we're back on the we're we're back on the right track. But the other thing too is this whole thing what they've done with Asuka has made the Kabuki Warriors a legitimate tag team. Like so now. Whoever inevitably starts challenging them for those titles, you've elevated these belts, and God, you need to do to do that after they debuted last year uh, to you know some Rocky fanfare, if you ask me. So I think this it it, it was whatever that happens to this program going forward, it accomplished so much for everybody involved. Yeah, I I I love this match. I remember loving. I really felt like their match last year stole the show. Um, this one pretty much came just as close to stealing the show if not did you know it's real close with brian and the fiend for me um but this was just a fun match and it did well the only thing i really didn't like was i didn't like the referee getting in the way of you know thinking becky was knocked out i understand why they did that doing the whole you know he's gonna call it and she's like no i'm yeah but i there's I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. You know, it's like, well, then just ask a pinner. If he, if she's knocked out, just pin her. And that right. kind of took me out a little bit. But outside of that, I understood the point of it. And I thought this was a fun match. And it was, like I said, what Becky needed after kind of being stagnant for a little bit. And some of these feuds to have a real feud and show some weakness and show some emotion, I think, was a good a good call. And be curious to see, you know, what, what they do with her and Charlotte. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then we come to the men's Royal Rumble match, heading to find out who's going to headline WrestleMania, or at least get a championship match. They don't All say right. headline now, anymore. Before, before you start, what was your prediction going into this match? Did I say Drew McIntyre? Mine was Drew McIntyre. It really yeah. was. Honest to God, it, it, I really thought it was going to be him. And it was hard because I picked him last year too. Yeah. And was disappointed. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure I. Uh, things are loading slow. I was trying to remember. I'm pretty sure I said Drew and Sasha were my picks. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going for Sasha and Drew. And what then did I, I say? thought. Um, you said Edge and Rhea Ripley. Ah, uh, yeah, because I just I just heard that Edge was going to be. Coming in, so I thought they were going to give him the sympathy. But I, yeah, I initially was going to go with Drew McIntyre. And then Corey said CM Punk and Charlotte. So he you was know. just being silly. I know he was. He was right. Well, he was uh, right about one of them. I think he was right being, trying one. to be silly with both of them. It just, that's how it yeah. played out. I really thought that, you know, and I guess we can, it's pretty much there now that Drew yeah. McIntyre ended up winning the 2020 Men's Royal Rumble match, which was awesome. And the way, and huh? Drew McIntyre. Drew yeah. McIntyre won the 2020 Men's Royal Rumble match and is going to WrestleMania. Um, and awesome. I, I loved the fact that when it happened, you could see the look on his face like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. finally, finally, finally. You know, yes. and they, they were very big. And it seems like this is going to be the story for the next couple months is that he's never been given a heavyweight championship match of any kind right. within WWE. And that seems to be the story that they're going to tell for Mania. It's a good story to tell. And I just I'm I'm along for this ride to see what they do with Drew. His last I couple weeks really, of doing his face yeah. countdown for the Claymore and stuff, I think he's gonna get over. Oh, he already is. I think yeah. the pop that he got when he eliminated Brock number one was insane. But then the pop he got when he eliminated Roman was even bigger. 
And that is uh, like that's an arena where sound travels up. Yeah. It, and it, it, it was loud in there. Yeah. It was it was very loud. And uh, the thing is, I really hope they play into the storyline of the chosen one, too. Like this is a not this is a story of a guy who left the company, was three MV for God's sakes, you know, and was fired. Was fired, went and killed it, came back looking like a whole different person. And it was kind of rocky for a couple of years, the last couple of years. I didn't know what the, were, I, yeah. I, I kind of didn't understand what the point of bringing him back was, but it, it all paid off tonight. Speaking of people being fired, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sidebar real quick. Yeah. Did you notice during that strap match that Daniel Bryan was choking Bray Wyatt with the strap, just like he got fired for choking that <laughs> no, dude with the tie? I did not. I saw that and I was like, he got fired for doing that so many years ago. Sure did. Um, so I thought that was entertaining. But yeah, that I, you know, loved the outcome of it. And it was funny because we talked about it. Roman Reigns, when it was still coming down to him at the end, he was still getting booed. No one still wanted yeah. to see him win that damn thing. No. So I don't really know exactly where they're going to go with that. Well, but let's go. Th- yeah, let's go through it. And then let's maybe we can talk about a little predictions of mania, you know. Sounds good. But number one, as we all knew, was Brock Lesnar came in at number one. And then it really became, for the first half of this match, was the story of Brock Lesnar. That was the story they were telling of this men's Royal Rumble match, is that no one is at Brock Lesnar's level. That was the point of this show. So first up was Elias, who came out calling himself a sacrificial lamb, which I thought was weird. And he was promptly eliminated. Then Eric Rowan came out and in eight seconds was promptly eliminated. Did you have a, almost a moment where Brock was just going to take the cage and rip off the cover and reveal what it was to the world? <laughs> yeah, I that, would, that would have been amazing. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to say for this first stretch, I did enjoy the variety of people that did get to mix it up with Brock. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool thing to see. Um, just wish I would have been able to see a little bit more from some of yeah. these people. But Eric Rowan lasted about eight seconds, and then Brock held up his title for the remainder. Um, Bobby Roode came out, and he lasted about ten seconds, and Brock Lesnar held up his championship. Then John Morrison came out and lasted about three seconds, which I was like, really? Um, for just coming back into this company and you're trying to do something with them, it's just I thought that was poor taste. I, I have a feeling that um, right now I feel like John Morrison was hired to keep him away from AEW. I'll just be honest so far with the booking. Yo, yeah, he just he decided he wanted to make some money. The only other thing I can think of is if he was also being an in if his wife has always wanted to come to WWE or something. You know what I mean? And let's if if that was a plan that they had, we're like, yeah, let's go make some money. You get to go have your WrestleMania and you get to come to WWE. And we'll go from there. But yeah, I just, I'm not seeing anything from a creative standpoint that warrants why he would have wanted to come back. Right. Um, Then, which was a good moment, number six, Kofi came out, fired up. That crowd was the first, that crowd got hot in that match. And he was, you know, taking it to Brock Lesnar. And he was the first one to last the 90 seconds. Um, without being eliminated then Rey Mysterio came out number seven and then they double teamed Brock for a little bit then Big E came out at number eight and they triple teamed Brock and really almost made it look like they were going to get the edge on him and then Brock eliminated all three of them pretty much at the same time so once again Brock Lesnar was standing alone in the ring holding up his championship belt 
Uh, number nine was Cesaro, which I really enjoyed seeing him and Brock mix it up for a few seconds before he was promptly thrown out. Uh, then number 10 was Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar's good old training buddy from back in the day. And Brock was laughing and smiling, and he gave Shelton Benjamin a hug. And Shelton said, come on, we're just going to throw everybody out. Let's let's go. And they're hugging. And Brock's like, yeah, let's do this. And then he promptly threw Shelton Benjamin out of the ring. <laughs> uh, Shinsuke Nakamura came back, came out at number 11. Um, I enjoyed seeing that because they've had actually a couple matches in New Japan, New Japan right. uh, back in the day, which I've actually watched and stuff. So I thought that was a nice little throwback if you knew, um, but it still didn't last. I don't think he lasted the 90 seconds. No. And he was eliminated by Brock. So if you're keeping tally, Brock eliminated 10 people up to this point already. Right. And that, at this point, they also start talking about him breaking the record. Yeah. Um, which I don't think he did. He I think did. He, he tied, tied it. He only tied it. Yeah. Um, then number 12 was MVP. Came out doing his thing, which was nice to see him coming out all Black yeah. Panther-fied. And he looked he good, looked, too. He yeah. looked in good shape. Yeah, he looked good. I saw him a, a couple years ago here at a indie show. He wrestled Chavo. He looked really good. Um, then number thirteen was Keith Lee, and that's oh. this is when stuff started picking up a little bit. But Keith Lee came out, and yeah, I really enjoyed the look on Brock Lesnar's face. Who's this big boy? And right. he just looked like ex- extremely excited that this dude was getting in the ring, and he genuinely had this look on his face like I don't know who you are. But I, and, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. He like. Yeah. He woke up. He right. really woke up when Keith Lee came in, and I thought that was a good move for Keith Lee. You know, it's like if you're not going to get him the win, having Brock Lesnar sell, not necessarily physically, but selling like, like he, I'm interested in you. Um, I think that was a nice, you know. Then uh, the crowd really, I think, reacted to him too, which is good. You know, I think that shows that Keith Lee is kind of becoming someone you can rely on to go over, you know, and be a, a star on NXT until inevitably I do think he'll be on Raw or SmackDown one day soon. But yeah, yeah he's uh it was it was a good show. It really was for him. Yep. And then uh Braun Strowman came out, so then we had three big <laughs> slabs of beef in the ring. Oh um, man. Yeah. It was like it was like, you know, just you know, rib it was like rib fest at Texas Corral, man. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing their thing. Uh, and then Ricochet came out to get a little bit more. And I think at that point, Braun Strowman and Keith Lee were both eliminated by Brock. Right. And then Ricochet came out and he got thrown around by Brock for a few. Then Drew McIntyre came out and Drew McIntyre came out fired up. Yep. He was saying, I've been waiting for this, Brock. I've been waiting for this. He was staring Brock down. Um, so it was the three of them in the ring. Then Ricochet, of course, hit Brock with a low blow. And Drew McIntyre did a Claymore and eliminated Brock Lesnar. So this was where we lost Brock Lesnar. Yep. Um, which was fun because Brock Lesnar was out on the ground. He sold the hell out of that kick. He was down. I mean, he didn't get up for right. two or three minutes. And then Drew McIntyre just stood there and stared at him and yep. stared at him and stared at him and stared at him. And so I'm not going to be surprised when tomorrow Drew McIntyre comes out and says, yep. give me Brock Lesnar. Well, I want I want to just talk a little bit about this this moment because like this is creative, this is creative good at work here in wrestling. So number one, you have Ricochet who you just set up is mad at Brock Lesnar, you know, in the last couple weeks, you know, and we didn't take it seriously, but the fact was that Ricochet was looked at like nobody to Brock. He wasn't scared of him. 
So the fact that you have Ricochet basically caused the initial catalyst for him to be eliminated. In the meantime, you've had Drew McIntyre having a great face run up until this point. It just, that was like, I thought, I thought that was a great way to set up, you know, after Brock has li- literally gone through 13 men, like that's how you, that's how you bring something together. And at the same time, you got Paul Heyman outside staring at Drew, like, is this guy the net? Is this guy the one to take him out? Which he did. He just his facial expressions yeah. were perfect. But here's the other thing I love. The one thing I've always gotten annoyed with in Royal Rumble eliminations is inevitably the big guy comes back in and eliminates the guy who just eliminated him. You know, and they didn't do that. Drew just stared at him until he left. Like that was so epic for me yeah. that he didn't just turn his back to Brock and Brock just threw him out. You yeah, know, I, I was thinking guy. they were going to do that, too, and I was glad that they didn't. I just thought they yes. were going to be like, well, this set up that feud, so we don't need to have right. Drew win the Rumble exactly. now, you know. Right. So And they could give it to Roman Reigns or whoever else. So it exactly. was nice to see Drew McIntyre do that. And then, like I said, the whole storyline going into this Rumble was that Brock felt no one was worthy, and now he found who's worthy, and Brock showed it on his face, which was nice. Yes, so that was a good time, and then Drew McIntyre proceeded to go on his run to show Brock Lesnar anything you can do, I can do better. And he eliminated Ricochet almost immediately, and just as violently as a lot of Brock's. Uh, then The Miz came out, and he was promptly eliminated by Drew McIntyre. Uh, AJ Styles then came out, and then this is where we started really building on people a little bit, because AJ Styles came out, um, Dolph Ziggler came out, Carl Anderson came out, so we kind of had this little group there, and kind of people teaming up on Drew a little bit. Uh, I said Carl Anderson already? Yes. And then number 21 was Edge, the returning oh. Edge, which there were lots of rumors that Edge was gonna has been cleared, yeah. and uh, no one really knew what that meant, I don't think, and Edge showed up, and he hung around, he made it to the Final Four, he was there. He looked good. He took some moves that made me cringe. And I was just like, yeah, I guess he's okay because he was taking these to the face and he was getting whipped around. And So for me, it was crazy because I have a lot of memories, good memories of the last WrestleMania um, that he, he did. I think it was WrestleMania uh, 27. Yeah, it was 27 because it was the same show The Miz won his, uh, main, his main event in Mania. Uh-huh. Um, and retain the championship. But the reason why I have so many good memories about that mania was because that was the first WrestleMania in Tallbar. And for mm-hmm. our listeners, I actually 10 years ago converted my first house's bar, or I'm sorry, my garage into like an Irish pub. And that was one of the first shows that I hosted there with Corey. And I remember the garage was open. We, it was a beautiful night. But that was also the last night I got to see Edge fight. And it was kind of like, it was a weird feeling because Alberto Del Rio was clearly supposed to go over that night. He was on kind of on the rocket ship treatment, but Edge went over and like, it was a good match. But later that, that week on Raw, we found out we're, I'm done. And it felt all so real. Mm-hmm. So when I heard this talk, like I, I kind of put it aside thinking it's the same level as the CM Punk kind of talk garbage. Yeah. But when he came out, I I, I know I sh- we sent the picture. I literally fell on the ground. I was like, "There's no way he's back." And so it was a it was a cool moment for me, and I'm I'm just so thrilled. He's got a second run in him. Whatever that's what I was going to say. Whatever it what, is going to be. I was going to say, what kind of run do you think this is? I mean, do you do you think he's got a mania match? Do you think he's 
full time? Do you think this was it for a while? Do I you think, think I think he's going to be very careful who he has a feud with, but I think you saw some of those feuds. I think it's going to be I would expect it to be like a Shawn Michaels return. Let's see where it goes and if it goes well, let's let's go as far as we can with it. I think he'll see action with AJ Styles. I think he'll see some action with Randy again. Um, I think he'll be very cautious. Of, I think you'll find maybe see Daniel Bryan and him mix it up now. Like, I think you'll see Edge wrestle all the people you always wanted to see Edge wrestle. And that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm down. If he's healthy and he's good and he's good to go, then I am down for seeing what Edge can do. And yeah, I could see him and Orton at Mania. At yeah. least if he's got one mania match that he wants to do, I can see them doing based on this rumble. Um, I could see them doing an Edge Orton feud sure. or at least match for Mania, which would be good. Uh number twenty two was King Corbin coming back for the second time that night, doing his thing. Um then number twenty three was Matt Riddle, who I was thinking he was gonna be the one to eliminate Brock Lesnar. Um for years Brock or Matt Riddle has always said he wants to be the one to retire Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Um the fact that Brock Lesnar was gonna be in this and you assumed Matt Riddle was gonna be in that, not even having them have a face to face seemed weird. Um so him coming out substantially past that and then he was pretty much promptly eliminated by King Corbin. So it almost yeah. seemed like a waste. Well, did you also hear that him and Brock exchanged words earlier in the day? That's what I was going to say, is that I've reported that they walked past each other in the hallway and Brock Lesnar had a couple words wanting to know what Matt Riddle's problem is. And then they proceeded to have a verbal altercation, which there's I haven't seen details on exactly what was said, but it stayed extremely verbal, nothing physical or anything between the two, but there was an altercation between them backstage at the Royal Rumble earlier in the day. So I don't know if that had something to do with him being eliminated when he was and where he came out or if they were kept apart because of that. or It doesn't look good for a possibility of the two of them in a ring anytime soon. I, I think that probably... I know that they both came from the world of MMA at one point, and I know that Riddle probably thinks that adds a little bit to it, but I can only imagine that Lesnar probably told him he wasn't anything, and that's probably how it went down, and I'm sure Riddle took that pretty personally, because he is good, and I think he has all the the things to be great, but to go after the biggest fish in the pond <laughs> with a Brock Lesnar, she does seem a bit ludicrous right now, yeah. where he's I at. Know. I know, he's picking feuds with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, and you know, I mean, hey, Shoot for the top, man, and I hope I'd watch either one of those matches, and I'm sure, sure that'd be entertaining as hell feuds. Mad Riddle entertains me. Yeah. Um, him doing the promos he's been cutting with uh, Pete Dunne over on NXT for this uh, Dusty Cup. God, they're they're just hilarious. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I was watching. Did you watch Worlds Collide? No, I'm going to. I actually was planning on watching it tomorrow. So um, they they cut a promo. For because the Dusty Cup is Wednesday on NXT, and they cut this promo man with uh, the grizzled young vets and the what are they the bro bro broser weights yeah and they're just cutting this promo and Matt Riddle's like talking to the grizzled vets and he's like why are you so why are you so serious we just got told we were going to get a tag team title match if we win the cup you should be smiling ear to ear and then he had his back to Pete Dunne he's like my tag team partner's right here and he's got a grin 
ear to ear and he's all excited and Pete Dunn is just like stone cold just staring like no smile on his face and Matt Riddle <laughs> looks at him and he goes that's his happy face man <laughs> and just like the way him and just the way that him and Pete Dunn just get their chemistry is really surprisingly well for how different they are sure and just it works out really well so i've been enjoying that but yeah i was surprised matt riddle showed up when he did and then like i said promptly eliminated from king corbin i guess if you're gonna have anyone do it that's the one to do it but nice uh matt or luke gallows came out at number 24 uh randy orton came out at number 25 roman reigns came out at 26 uh kevin owens 27 alistair black 28 Samoa Joe was 29 and I mean really by the time we lost Brock Lesnar and we kind of got through this whole last stretch you could almost predict who was coming out and then number 30 was the uh, Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins came out in tow with Buddy Murphy and the AOP and they attempted to clean house and I enjoyed how all of that was done I thought that was good I don't think he eliminated anybody but he stomped a bunch of people and then once everybody kind of came to and they kind of ran off everybody, then Seth Rollins was standing there with four other guys around him and trying to get Roman. Hey, come on, let's eliminate everyone. We're in the shield. And then he threw him over. Yeah. Shield and, was finally killed properly. Yeah, properly. And Roman beat him up and they all did their moves on him and tossed him over the top rope. And Seth Rollins was eliminated, not getting a double back to back Rumble win. Well, a couple things. Uh, Alistair Black, uh, you know, for a moment I had that inkling in my in my head of your prediction of Alistair Black winning the Rumble and challenging the Fiend. But, uh, alas, he and Buddy Murphy will continue their excellence, which is fine with me. Yeah. But it, it, it was a good, it was a good, uh, little segment of, you know, everybody kind of turning on Rollins the way he turned on everybody from last year. Cause if you think about it, Rollins was on top of the face world. Uh, this time last year, winning mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble, and uh, this was just so funny to see him. We have a complete 180 personality, but quite honestly, this is him and his element, man. It was great, and uh, it was a good little segment for him. Yeah, I I enjoyed how Seth Rollins was handled. Um, like I said, once he kind of brought in all these big names, it was a good time. Like I said, our final four was Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Edge. Um, Randy Orton and Edge teamed up. Then they turned on each other. Edge eliminated Randy Orton. Um, and then Edge got kicked out, I think, by Roman Reigns. Yep. And then Drew McIntyre knocked out Reigns and got the win. And it was handled very well. And Drew McIntyre, the emotion on his face as soon as he got that win. Like, I finally got this moment. He's got to be the first person to point at the WrestleMania sign they put up on the screen. And Drew McIntyre is going to WrestleMania, which I can only assume to fight Brock Lesnar. It's great, man. And it's just, it was really cool to see the crowd so happy. Somebody that I don't, I think everybody wanted to be a possibility, but doesn't want really say, okay, well, you know, I want him to win, but it's not going to be him. Like we've had a lot of those these last few years and this one actually happened. So, um, it's just good for him, and I think he's going to just take the ball and run with it. And uh, here's the other thing, too. It doesn't hurt any of your booking for whatever you're trying to do over on SmackDown. I still think Reigns will be the one that, you know, take the belt off the Fiend, and I'm fine with it. You know, if it's done the right way, it'll be just fine. And also, the one thing that I saw and I told Corey 
that I'd love to see this year is a proper Roman Reigns Seth Rollins feud. Now that you have them in a, in a place where it can be done the right way, it still hasn't actually been done. If you go back, they really haven't feuded much at all. So I do think you could potentially have your good Roman Reigns Seth Rollins feud sometime this year based on where their characters are now. Yeah, I could see that, and that would be enjoyable. Um, so now we're. Now the pictures, we're going to start putting this picture together of our road to WrestleMania and what are we looking at for Mania. And yeah, like I said, it seems pretty clear that we're going to get Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, which I'm 100% behind. I think as long as it doesn't end in a low blow, I think that should be a good match. Um, What other matches do you think we get Reigns and The Fiend? Is that, I mean, there's really no one else to even take on The Fiend at this point. I think Reigns and The Fiend is, is going to be where they go for that. Um, I'm curious to see how the booking choices go. Um, I do think Edge and Randy Orton will be a good, um, you know, play on the whole rated RKO era. And I think that'll be even, uh, you might even be able to sneak AJ Styles into there and have it be some kind of crazy triple threat, which I'd be okay with. Um, I am a little concerned with Ricochet only because of his involvement in the whole, uh, thing that happened i hope that he doesn't find his way into like a triple threat match with brock and mcintyre it's not necessary and i hope they don't think that that is something that needs to be done um but uh that's really the rest of it i don't know man like you've got a clean slate going into mania for the rest of these titles yeah Um, and that's a good thing i think well and like i said even when we talked about charlotte i don't know what she's gonna do i don't know yeah. You know, it's like I said, because right now it's like, okay, she go for Becky or Bailey, but neither one, I don't, I just, I can't imagine an appeal or a reason to do either one of those. So it's like, yeah, what do you, what, what's going to happen between now and Mania to ch- shake that up to some degree? Well, granted, I don't know who, I don't know who you put Charlotte in the ring with anymore. That's the problem. That oh, is I know. the problem. Like And I know I've said it in the past episodes, but that's kind of the problem that she ran into is, like I said, she's not believable in the women's division, ultimately. You yeah, know? I, I really think the best thing to do with the, the whole women's uh, situation is that, you know, Rousey has a claim to Becky because she wasn't pinned for that belt. I think if Rousey shows up tomorrow on Raw and goes after Becky, that would be awesome. And like, yeah. I if Charlotte just shows up on SmackDown and says, you know what, I'm I'm going after you, Bailey. I'm taking that belt from you. I'd be totally fine with that. Um, and then if you want to incorporate Sasha and make it uh, a triple threat, cool. You know, like I I just think that I don't want her involved on Raw if they no. can if if they can find a way to and if they think they want to try to build some like money match between Lynch and Charlotte, it's already been done, guys. Like. Like, we don't have, they have nothing left to prove to each other. Nothing. Yeah. So it'd be, like I said, I'm down. This is, you know, I think everyone's favorite time of year to be a wrestling fan. And now we got more wrestling than ever to watch around WrestleMania. And I'm sure everyone's going to be picking up what they're doing this time of year. Yeah, I agree. I'm ready to, you know, get back into it. I'm going to enjoy the ride and hopefully uh, we'll have a, a good road to WrestleMania, I think. Uh, but you know, evidenced by this show, I am I'm ready to rock and roll, man. I'm ready for whatever they give me. So, 
Sounds good. Well, I had no int- no desire to make this thing go an hour, and we still did that. <laughs> so um, just kind of happened, apparently. It was a four-hour, six-hour if you take a pre-show. You know, there's a lot that happened. Sure. Um, but definitely, you know, hopefully we'll be back this week talking about Fallout from the Rumble as we see what they do on WWE programming. And then AEW's back on land this week, so we'll see what happens with them. We didn't – we'll got to – dive into their tv deal i'm dying to know what Corey thinks about aew tv deal expansion um so we got lots to talk about a lot coming this week so any questions anything that you guys want to hear shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com and make sure you rate and review us and your favorite podcast service right all right well i'm going to bed ladies and gentlemen it's always a pleasure and we get together all right take it easy bye